Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the FemiPod. This is episode number 17. Thank you for everybody who has joined us so far on this journey. And thank you for everybody who tuned into last week's episode with the incredible Sarah Whittison, our dietitian here at Femi. We had such a great chat with her. We do apologize for the sound quality of last week's conversation, but we definitely know it was worth a listen if you did tune in. We are here this week with the incredible Esther, as always. Um, this week, Esther has been racing a little bit over the last couple of weeks. So, Esther, how are you feeling and how the race has been going? Yeah, they've been really fun. I'm happy to report that I have actually enjoyed myself with the last two and like finished being really in a really good mood and prior to the races, not too anxious or too nervous. So, I, I'm really happy with that aspect of them the fact that I'm enjoying myself and it's sort of like reminding me why I do it. And, um, you know, I think it's just taking a step back from caring about what other people think with my results, you know? So I think that's really helped as well. Just like focusing only on myself and just trying to better myself. Uh, but yeah, the first one I was, was the national three K champ. So I was a, a little bit, probably I would say not that confident leading into the race because I've had about three months of running where I didn't feel particularly good and then I've only sort of come right about a month before that race so I I didn't have much confidence leading into it and I had a mile race on the road that didn't go very well and I was just miles off the field so I think my confidence was lacking a bit which probably showed when the pace picked up with 1k to go I didn't react as much as I should have probably out of like fear that I couldn't get to the end and sustain that pace, but I sort of finished and I thought to myself, I definitely could have gone with them if I'd put my mind to it and really gone harder. So I think I took that energy to the next race, but again, I still didn't go with the field. And then this was another aspect of fear that hit me. So I think um, the first lap was, you know, we did a mile and it was really fast time. Like the winner broke the course record. She's actually one of our coaches, Laura Nagel, absolutely crushed it. And she, yeah, she ran 435 for a mile. She broke the course record and she, uh, that's the equivalent time to a sub four minute mile for a man. So, you know, it's really good. Yeah. So the, the pace went out really hot. So it was just like a 66 second first lap. And I think they went through in 65 and I was like, oh God, that's like a good 800 meter time. And I just, out of fear, felt that I couldn't sustain it, even though I obviously was fine. Like I did feel like, oh, this is quick, but it wasn't like I was actually not able to keep going. So I lost a really big chunk of base then. So they got away from me a lot. And then I finished really well and I crossed the line and I was really happy. Like I got a mile PB and stuff, but I definitely didn't go as hard as I should have. So, and I think that I let fear of the pace get into my head. So I got another race on Friday and I'm going to go into it and I just am going to be fearless. So that's my goal for this next race. Just like ignore the time and just like stick to glue. Cause I know that the girls are going to go out fast. We've got a pacemaker. So I just need to get that fearless mindset and uh, go with them. And if, if I blow up, I blow up, but hopefully I don't. And then I run a really fast time. <laughs> 
you have done so well though I mean you were placed fourth at the national champs for 3k so I know you didn't mention it but (laughs) you're running so well and you should be really proud of you know what you're doing and how you're competing at the moment and I think yeah coming off the back of a few months of not feeling good and having not too many races on over the last couple of years anyway it is really hard to get back into the swing of racing again and I think the more the more you race the more experience you get racing and you know the more in the flow that you are hopefully the more confident you can be and just put yourself in it because I think yeah with those track races you have to just be in it right from the get-go you're off the bat from the start it's really hard to catch up and so I know you know and anything above you know five even the 5k you have to be in it from the start but 10k half full marathon you have time you know to think about things and really push yourself up and almost process the the way you want the race to roll out while you're in the race but when you're in those short distances you just need to go and hold on and believe in yourself and know that if you're up there then you've got a chance to push it even harder so it's amazing and I say this to Esther all the time like what your body can do when your mind really truly believes it I what I do is I try and talk myself into it saying like, I can do this I can do this but there's probably still part of me saying that I can't but then when I'm in the race and I put myself in it I do it and then I'm like surprised that I've done it but stoked like what your body can do it's pretty incredible if you truly believe it so I'm so excited to see you to continue to race and hopefully um the next few races go really well for you and I think that's the idea of like facing your fears and yeah not worrying about losing or about what other people think of you or what times and expectations other people have on you and just going out there and as we always say have a good time just enjoy it and then you'll always come away with a result that you know you will feel proud of because you've been going out there and just giving everything you've got definitely how's your running lids you feeling good yeah I am currently in Noosa Um, up in Queensland and it is at the moment about 32 degrees and 100% humidity so it's been a pretty tough few days getting into the swing of things up here Um, I'm used to running in the heat but it's just a different type of heat when the humidity is so high so training has been a little bit hard but I'm just getting through at the moment and I'm not putting too much pressure on myself to run certain k's or certain paces and just running to enjoy it and explore the area so it's been good I'm just trying to figure out still as everybody's probably wondering what races I'm going to be doing but um I uh, I'm kind of like on the fence about trying to commit to trying to qualify for the world champs and com games for the 10k I think I'm on the long list and I this is the closest I've ever been so why not give it a crack and then at the other part of me is like no I just want to enjoy running and love running for what it is and go and do some crazy adventure races um and have fun doing it but I think if I can find the middle ground between the two and try and have a go at both this year I think that's probably what is going to excite me and continue to motivate me to want to train and keep running so yeah we shall see I won't have too long to qualify so I've got to find some races to do which is exciting (laughs) definitely that long list is very hard to get on so I know I know what you mean you want to do something else but then you're also like this is your shot as well so it's a tough decision but yes like you said hopefully you can do both (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, hopefully. We'll see. (laughs) The body's holding together. That's the main thing. So before we jump into today's conversation, we wanted to let you know we are doing a Q&A with both of our trainers as well as our Pilates instructor, Lily Burden, after this conversation. So anybody that signed up for the Femi Fit 
or if you're interested in joining us on the FemiFit, which is kicking off on the 8th of February, it's a two menstrual cycle training program that you can do to get stronger and feel fitter and faster. So if you want to join us on that training program, it's going to kick off on February the 8th. And we do have a Q&A with both our trainers, which is Esther and Bex, as well as our Pilates instructor, Lily, after this conversation. So stay tuned at the end of this conversation. If you have asked any questions on Instagram, we will be answering those today. But before we go to that Q&A with the girls, we're going to talk about facing fears. So as Esther just mentioned in her conversation about her races and the way that she faces fears in her races and how fear can hold her back, we wanted to talk about our own experiences growing up as athletes and how being an athlete and competing in sport has allowed us to face our fears and take those risks that allow us to progress and move forwards. So Esther, do you want to talk to us a little bit about fear, whether it's in sport or away from sport? How do you see fear and what, what do you talk about when you talk about fear? Yeah, that's a great question. I see it as like a something that you've grown to feel. So I think when I think that I was fearless, I think back to when I was little and when I was like, I guess I hadn't experienced life and experienced like pain and I don't know, people's expectations on you or your own and then not meeting those expectations. And then you sort of over time sort of create a shower where you where potentially you don't believe you can do something anymore or you let that fear sort of hold you back. So I think for me, when I think about being fearless, I think about, yeah, when I used to be a kid and like, I just think back to when I was younger and when I ran and like when I was 15 or 16 or even younger, probably 13, the gun would go off and I would just absolutely boost it. And I had no fear. I didn't care if I blew up. I didn't care where I came lucky for me I think which probably contributed to me keeping on doing that I was winning which is awesome or like coming in the top group so but I think that mindset was just so like pure and innocent and like I just believed in myself 100% and then you know as life progressed and I went through that sort of went through that hormonal the hormonal issues with my reds and and me quitting running and all those people's expectations of me being good when I was a senior my own expectations of times around running that now is still a limiting factor to me, which I'm working through. Uh, I still sort of think back to those times and how I used to race and I don't race like that anymore. And I really want to get back to that point where I am like fearless in my, in my running. And I think that just comes with practice, but yeah, I see fear as like a progression over time of experiences leading you to believe that you can't do certain things or be something. Yeah, I think that's probably how I would explain it. I definitely agree. I think fear goes back to something that's instilled in you over time. I think when we're babies, I'm pretty sure the only two things that you're born to fear is one is being alone and the other is, is being dropped. Um, but those are the two fears that you have when you're born. And then, you know, over years and years and all those life experiences and um, relationship experiences, I think that's where fear becomes more and more instilled in you. And to me, I've always said to myself, Fear is the biggest preventer of succeeding. And I think when you are scared to do something, it's the one thing that's going to hold you back. It's going to stop you from, you know, taking those risks and pushing the boundaries and doing things out of your comfort zone because you're so scared of either what other people think of you or you're scared of not living up to your own expectations or hitting the goals that you'd set for yourself. So I've definitely had times in my life and I'm not someone now who's not scared of anything. There's plenty of fear still in me, but I think I try to take the idea of fear and 
flip it and make it something that's a positive and lean into the fear and take that risk and see it as a challenge. And now I almost feel exhilarated when I do, you know, lean into a challenge or do something that scares me. And then I overcome it. It makes me feel so much stronger and more powerful and in control of my destiny and my journey, because I can do things that I didn't think I could do before or was just really scared to do. So I think, um, the conversation of fear is something we all face, whether, you know, you have a fear of meeting new people or you have a fear of spiders or you have a fear of jumping into the ocean. I think we all have them, but I think being able to face them head on and jump into the deep end is a really powerful way to live because it allows you to progress in your life. Definitely. And you, you always say, Liz, and I think it's helped me and I think it has helped anyone who works with us at Femi or even our athletes, like throwing yourself in the deep end or doing something that you're uncomfortable with helps you to get better at that basically. And it no longer is a fear. Like when we did those Instagram lives and we've done this podcast, like the first time we did, I was so nervous and I was like, Oh God, like what if I muck up and blah, 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 blah. And then now that we've done it so many times, it's not even scary anymore. So I think, yeah, like you said, if you really, I should do this with heights. Cause I'm, I have like a, an irrational fear of heights. It's really frustrating. I like shake and like, yeah, so maybe I should just go do a bungee jump or like jump out of a plane and <laughs> that'll probably make me even better. But yeah, just throwing yourself in the deep end and doing stuff that makes you slightly uncomfortable will help you become more fearless and less limited. Yeah, definitely. I think um, if you if you really deprive yourself of doing things because you're scared of doing them, you're going to get to the end of your life and regret it. Like I, I guarantee it because you're going to have missed out on so many opportunities. And even when you look at relationships, you know, meeting people, it can be really scary going on a date with someone or even just messaging someone on Instagram. That can be scary, but you're almost putting yourself in a position to prevent yourself from potentially meeting the love of your life if you don't put yourself in that position to meet new people so that's just one example and I think there's so many more examples even in a business sense you know like starting your own business and working for yourself and taking that risk taking the risk of stepping away from a secure income and a secure job and starting your own company like that is scary and a lot of people wouldn't do that because it is frightening but now we've done it, it's one of the best things that we've ever done because we're in a position now where, and yes, we're very fortunate and grateful to be in a company and being able to work with incredible people who fully support us. Um, but we're able to do what we love, working with people we love and trying to hopefully make a difference in this world for the better. So I think taking those risks is so important and facing that fear. So whatever it is, Think about one thing that scares you that you could do today and go and do it because honestly, you will feel so exhilarated and proud of yourself for doing it. Like that, We try to do all the time. I love putting myself in those situations where even an awkward situation with a person who, you know, may feel like you aren't going to have a, com a comfortable conversation with them. I will go and have that conversation um, and it's terrifying, but you'll always come out better for it at the end. So when we talk about fear, I think a lot of what we have learned through sport has definitely taught me, and I'm sure you too, yes, like how we can actually face those fears. And I think it's why, one of the reasons why we believe 
sport and um, running in particular is such an uh, incredible tool for young people, especially young girls, to be able to build their confidence because when we're running, we're not just putting ourselves in a situation that's going to be challenging physically, but mentally it's challenging. And when you're in a sporting arena, especially on a running track, you're so exposed. There's nowhere for you to hide. Everyone is watching you. All eyes are on you. And there's a clock at the end of the race that's telling you exact time that you're going to be finishing that race and everybody can see it. And I think that idea of being so ex exposed and facing a fear of failure is so powerful in the way that it can build your confidence. So when I'm racing, I feel so exposed and I, I know people are watching me and I know that there's a huge risk of failing, you know, not that not winning is a failure, but the chance of you winning a race is pretty slim depending on which race you're entering and obviously how fit you are and how much work you've done. But the idea of actually winning the race is, well, most of the time going to be pretty low. So I think the idea of putting yourself in that position in front of so many people is so powerful and definitely something that's helped with my confidence. What about you, Est? Yeah, definitely. I think, you know, when I was saying at the start of this, or oh, the last few podcasts that if I didn't enjoy track, I wouldn't do it anymore. I think I was saying that out of fear because I was I was fearful that I wouldn't try hard enough again because when I look back at a lot of the races that I did in Australia, I don't think I was giving 100%. And I think it was, uh, yeah, fear that I couldn't keep up and which is strange because if I tried harder, I'd be happier <laughs> because I'd probably get a better time. But it was just holding me back so much. And I think, like you say, and we've talked about it before, track is a different base to big fun runs and marathons and that sort of thing. And you are like really, really exposed. And, you know, there's 16 girls in your race or there might be 10 and they're like extremely fast and it's very stressful. But I think the more you do it, the better you get at it. So I'm already finding like before that 3K, I, I didn't have the best sleep the night before because I was quite anxious. And then like moving into the second race, I slept really well. And then these last few days I've been sleeping good. And I think it's just like, like you say, the more you do it, the better you become at it. So yeah, track is scary if you let it be, but it's also so fun because it's so fast and exhilarating and you're racing like some of the best girls in the country. Uh, and it's like a really good chance to do something short and quick and see what your body can do. Or you could do 5K, 10K, um, which is still pretty fast and short but god 25 laps is very long way that splits forte uh <laughs> but yeah I think just like doing it more makes you better at it and although it's scary to take the first step and do it once you do it you get better at it so that's my mindset for this this season and like I'm already having way more fun and running better than last season so it's working yeah and it's not even just running I think track running is probably the most exposed you can be in any sporting arena but in any sport you are you know putting yourself on the line you're putting yourself out there for people to see you whether it is in football or you know basketball or netball swimming whatever sport you play there's an element to it potential risks that you're taking to fail but you still take them because you're pushing the boundaries you're building confidence in yourself you're having fun most importantly um, and I think all of those attribute to allowing females especially to be you know really strong confident powerful women as they grow up and I think that's what sport can do for women um, because it forces you to lean into fear and face that fear and then being able to take that 
confidence and experience in facing fear into other areas of your life, like work, like your career, like building a business, if that's something you want to do. So it's just another amazing tool that we um, gain from doing sport that we can use in other areas of our lives as well. And I think even when we have some really tough conversations about gender equity and ways that we want to see the world change, you know, I don't think I'd be able to be confident enough to be having those conversations and facing those um, conversations where, where I know where we're already on the back foot about if we, if I wasn't an athlete and used to facing my fears through sport. So yeah, I think there's so many things that sport can do for us, but being able to face fears and take those risks is definitely one of them. So for us, I think it's important to understand like how we got to a position where we can face those fears and, and feel okay about facing the fears and not having severe anxiety about facing those fears and being able to, to go in confidently and lean into those fears. What do you do is to be able to face those fears? Like what, are there any steps that you take to feel confident enough to face them? Yeah, I think for me, it's probably been like reducing the comparison because I think when you start to compare against other girls and say you're like lids and and you might be winning, well, then you think you're probably good enough already, you know, but if you are just comparing against yourself, you continually want to get better. So I think for me, it's been, I'm not worried about where I'm coming at the moment. I'm worried about like how I race and if I'm happy with what I did at the end. So I think that's how I've changed my mindset. I'm not like, oh, I came seventh. Like, that's not that good. Like six girls beat me. Um, It's more like I came seventh, but that's fine. I probably didn't give it a hundred percent because I was scared. So what can I do next time? Next time I can commit to like being in pain the whole time. Or I think for me, it's been the comparison game, like not worrying about what other people are doing, focusing on myself. If I'm doing everything right, I've trained as hard as I had or worked as hard as I as I could and I've given it everything on the day, then I can be really proud and happy with myself. And that's how you continue to face those fears and become more confident. And I think what you were saying before, Liz, about yeah, the gender equity piece, I think obviously I do still struggle with the fear side of running, but I think from being a woman in sport and being given less money when you win or certain events, like I think there was a, an event in New Zealand that both you and I spoke up about it was about five years ago, Lids, and the different pay was 10 grand for the male winner and a thousand dollars for the female winner. And it was just so aggravating. And I think we both spoke up about it and we've both spoken up about every inequality we've seen in running. And I think that's helped us become stronger and, and less fearful of speaking up because, you know, I did have a talk with one of the top leading runners in New Zealand and, and she'd never really spoken about it. And then she got the confidence to do it one day and um, the response was amazing. And I think, you know, once you face those fears and just do it, you build that confidence and you, and you keep on going. Uh, Mm. But there's some really cool news, which I don't know if it's officially come out yet, but I got told on the weekend that athletics New Zealand's putting in a policy where they can no longer pay women less than men at races. Oh my gosh. Finally. That's exactly what needs to happen. And unfortunately it's taken a while, but it's great that we're here now that they can actually make those changes. That's so good. Yeah, definitely. Like it's awesome that you have such an incredible training group. So Esther runs for the Bays Babes and it's been so inspiring watching you girls go out and race together and fully support one another. And I think that's a big piece of 
letting go of those fears as well as having people around you that really support you and it allows you to take away that comparison game as well because you're kind of going out there celebrating each other and if you're all doing well then that's the best result you know taking that pressure off just you doing well individually and you focusing on just your results being able to go out there as a squad is such such an incredible way to celebrate the sport celebrate yourselves and just go out there and have fun and do what you do. And I think it allows you to go out there and compete to the best of your ability and focus on what you can do and the fastest that you can run without competing with other people. And I definitely feel like that's what's helped me over the last few years improve on my times as I've just focused on myself, but at the same time, I've celebrated all the women in front of me. I think it's so inspiring seeing all those girls crush it and run so fast. And yes, I'd be lo loving to run as fast as Izzy Doyle, but I love to see her running fast as well. You know, I'm not going to hate on her for running faster than me. I love to see it, but I'm just going to concentrate on what I can do as well. So I think it's important to celebrate other people and it, that prevents a lot of that feeling of fear because you're out there just out there to have fun and have a good time and run as fast or as best as you can anyway but I think what's also helped me with facing fears is just like letting go of the idea of um, what they call FOPO fear of other people's opinions and like really just actually just going out enjoying it and taking away that pressure and expectation which both Esther and I have talked a lot about in the past and we've actually done a whole podcast on it the idea of expectation and pressure that other people put on you so being able to let go of that and focus on what's in your control your own expectations and your own pressure and making sure that it is centered around you having a good time and focusing on why you do what you do um, allows you to face fears a lot easier and lean into those fears a lot easier because at the end of the day, it's your life. You do it for one reason and that's because you enjoy it. So why not go out there and do that? Have a good time doing it. Take those risks, face those fears, become stronger, more confident, more powerful. That's what we need. More confident, strong, powerful woman in this world. Definitely. That's so true. I loved what you said before about Bay's Babes. Like, I think, honestly, it's like reignited my passion on the track and same with the other girls and like watching them do well, watching those girls crush it and whip my ass the other week just motivated me so much. Like I'm so pumped for the next one. And that's only because they're doing well, you know, like you said before, you don't hate on someone for doing well. You use it as motivation for yourself to try and be better and, you know, get to that top level uh, rather than being like, oh, she's so fast, I'm slow. Or like, you know, like you're not. <laughs> yeah. You just have the opportunity to also like push yourself and see what your body is capable of. Uh, but yeah, no, it's been really, really cool. And like the whole group's so supportive. And even, even if someone, you know, has a bad race, we all have taken it on the chin. No one sort of is a sore loser. It's just like a really awesome environment to be part of at the moment. And there's a few of the girls who, one of the girls who's um, started to run really, really well this season. And she's similar to me. She's had a few races where she doesn't think she's given it everything and she's probably been a bit fearful. So we're working together on hitting this next race, not being scared anymore together. So, you know, it's really nice to have that, mm. that person to lean on as well and be like, we can do this, you know? So I'm super lucky to have Bay's Babes and we're the crew at the moment's amazing. I've never seen NZ distance running so good with such depth, you know, that, mm. that mile race was huge and it was just really cool to see. So very lucky. Yeah. It's so cool. It's so cool. And they're such an inspiring group of women. 
And yeah, it's awesome to be watching you guys. But speaking of inspiring women, we are now going to bring on Bex Atwell, our Femi trainer, as well as Lily Burden, our Femi's Pilates instructor, as well as a Femi run coach. And they are going to join us to talk about the Femi fit. I think it's so great to have you here, Bex and Lily. Thank you so much for joining us on the Femi pod. We are so excited to be launching the Femi fit next week, but we have got quite a few questions from our listeners to get through. So firstly, before we jump into them, how are you girls? I'm good. Thanks, Liz. Um, I had a pretty good week, pretty busy, but yeah, I'm really good. Really good. I've been busy recording Pilates, so feeling strong and happy to be here. Very exciting. We are so excited to get into those sessions. So the first question I'm going to throw over to you, Bex. Do you want to just tell us a little bit more about the FemiFit? What is it and how can people access it? Sure. So it is a two-menstrual cycle program. It's designed to help you get stronger and get fitter. Um, all of the training is done either in the gym or at home with your own like weights and equipment. Um, so you do need access to some equipment for the program. Um, the design behind it is that we're going through two menstrual cycles and that we're actually periodizing the training to suit those cycles um, to really manage the way that your body is functioning at that time of the month um, and also to kind of give you some knowledge around what you kind of can be pushing and when you need to pull back. Um, and then if you want to access it, head to the link in bio on the Femico page um, and then from there you can sign up to the registration and you'll get an email with the program and all the details about the program um, a couple of days before we all start, which is next week. Yes, so exciting. So yeah, we are kicking off on Feb the 8th, but if you don't or can't join us on Feb the 8th, you can jump into the program whenever you want. Uh, the second question is how many days a week will we be training? Sure. Uh, okay, so the program is designed to be around five days per week. Obviously, depending on your fitness level, um, it is adjustable. So you do have five sessions each week. For the harder and moderate weeks, um, you'll be doing three strength days and two conditioning days. Obviously, on the harder weeks, those sessions are going to be more challenging. And then on the more moderate weeks, the conditioning kind of pulls back a little bit. The strength training changes. And then in the final week, that's when you bring in the Pilates, which you can also do any other time. Um, but we switch out one of those conditioning sessions for more of an active recovery um, or a Pilates or and a Pilates session um, in there. So yeah, four to five times a week. If you can't fit them all in, feel free to drop one off one of the conditioning days, but those strength days, which are three times a week, are the super important ones. Yeah, amazing. And if you're someone who's like new to training and you've never trained before, what would you suggest? Maybe like one to two sessions a week and build from there? Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to get at least one to two of those strength sessions. If you can too, trying to get to a couple in a week, um, doing just one session a week, you're probably not going to get as much benefit out of it um, as you could. But definitely starting out with the, you know, at least two strength days. And then if you feel up to it, if you're feeling really good, you can add that third strength day or chuck in one of the conditioning days. So it's totally adjustable um, depending on your fitness level and how you're feeling. Cool. Um, Est, I'm going to throw this question over to you. How does the pl plan change depending on your cycle or on your menstrual cycle? Cool, yeah. Bex kind of talked about it a little bit before, how it changes in intensity in the conditioning sessions. And then we've also got the Pilates uh, as you move into the later part of your cycle. So the menstrual phase, so when you've got your period, uh, you have the option to sort of go a little bit easier. So depends on how you feel. So some women feel really good really strong so you can hit it really hard there and do the hard conditioning sessions or if you do feel a little bit rubbish you can potentially do the pilates or a little bit of an easier conditioning session along with the strength work and that's when our hormones are nice and low and we can build lean muscle well and recover really well so that's your menstrual phase then we go into like the follicular phase which is when our hormones are still nice and low uh 
we're going to be doing some hit work there as well. So some harder and or higher intensity conditioning sessions alongside some heavier strength work. So that's follicular phase alongside the ovulatory phase, which is sort of under that umbrella um, is when estrogen peaks and that's when we're our strongest. So we're going to do that really hard conditioning sessions there and those uh, more heavy strength sessions uh, in that first half in total, but especially around that ovulatory and follicular phase. So that's kind of the first half. And then we move into the luteal phase. So again, I'll just, I'll just um, explain if you feel tired in the ovulatory phase, there's going to be options the whole way through to go a little bit easier. So every woman is different. So I know that I feel really good in the ovulatory phase, but I have some friends that don't. So again, this program is completely adjustable to you. And then we move into the luteal phase. So that's when our uh, progesterone level rises really high and peaks right before it drops away. And then we go into our next period. So that uh, third week, if we have a 28 day cycle is when the progesterone level is going to peak at its highest. And that's kind of when we go into a little bit more moderate conditioning sessions and we move into more of like hypertrophy chaining. So it'll be a little bit more reps, a little less weight um, in those sessions for the strength sessions. And then the last week, so that late luteal phase when progesterone drops away and estrogen as well, we can get those PMS symptoms if we if we are lucky enough to get those. <laughs> um, but basically that week's going to be our easier week uh, where we're going to go into sort of a lighter Pilates session. Conditioning will be backing off and the strength work will be focused more on form and like rehabilitation type exercises. And I forgot to mention as well in that third week, we'll have uh, Pilates in there as well. So more in the luteal phase and potentially in the menstrual phase, when you've got your period, if you feel rubbish, uh, you can definitely focus a little bit more on Pilates and pulling back the conditioning sessions. So that's kind of how we've matched it along with your hormones um, and hopefully your energy levels and so we've kind of already answered this question but we'll just go through it really quickly um bex what uh what sort of workouts will we be doing in the program um so i'm actually really excited for the programs that we're going to be doing for the for this all the workouts for the sessions um we've got with the weights days they are quite structured and that you'll do more your heavier lifts at the start and then you go into some more accessory work that's going to stay pretty much the same across all of the sessions, across the whole program. Obviously, the focus on and the weights um, that you're going to be using and the rep schemes are going to be slightly different. But yeah, you do your main lifts at the start and then some more accessory work and some finishes in there. Um, during your menstrual and follicular phase, those finishes are going to be a little bit more high intensity. There's in the follicular phase specifically and through ovulation, there's going to be some more kind of box jumpy work um, and explosive stuff. Also options if you're not jumping or if you don't feel up to it. Um, and then throughout the luteal phase, we kind of bring that intensity down. Like Esther said, it's more just about trying to find that balance um, and stability work. And then the conditioning sessions, these are my favorite. We're going to be throwing in some AMRAPs and some EMOMs. Um, so that's every minute on the minute. There's all the details in the program about that. Um, but it's a lot of fun. It keeps things interesting um, and make sure that you're working at the right intensity all the way through your cycle. And then Lily can probably tell us a little bit more about the Pilates sessions. Yes, yeah, so we have uh, Femi Pilates with our new Femi Pilates instructor, Lily Burden, which is really, really exciting to be part of this program. So Lily, we do have a question about Pilates. How are the Pilates sessions going to work and how long will they go for? Yeah, so I'm so excited that we've got Pilates incorporated into this program. So the Pilates sessions will be 25 to 30 minutes in length and you just need a mat. There's no equipment involved. So we're going to have a restore option and then a flow option for each of the cycles. So the restore is going to be a little bit more restorative and pretty much laying 
on your mats throughout the whole class and then the flow option is going to be a little bit more of a flow style and we'll still be perfect in the late luteal phase but we'll be a little bit spicier and then um, both of the class options will be incorporating a range of mobility and stability. I really like to incorporate some single leg postures because as runners we're always on one leg and especially, and as females, it's really great to have that hip and glute strength. But I'm so excited to bring Pilates to the program. Yes, so cool. And those Pilates um, sessions will be filmed by Lily. So they'll be led by Lily and we're going to have those hosted on the Femi YouTube account. So you're going to be able to go there and follow those sessions along with Lily, which we are so, so lucky to have you on the team, Lily. Um, the next question is, do we need equipment? Bex, do you want to just jump in and explain in regards, obviously, Lily mentioned with the Pilates, we won't need any equipment other than a mat. Um, with the strength and the high intensity training, what sort of equipment are we going to be required to have? Yep. Yeah, so pretty much if you do have basic gym access, um, all of the stuff you'll be able to access in pretty much any gym. But if you don't have gym access, if you've got some dumbbells or kettlebells or some sort of weight, um, or even a barbell at home, that's awesome. Um, for a couple of the workouts, say we might be using the line leg curl, be able to put, or we will put up an option for using a band to kind of like modify that if you are at home, um, but you do need some sort of equipment because obviously there is some that you can do with your body, um, but we want to keep things interesting and use a little bit of weight to make sure we are getting really strong and really fit. And I'll jump in there and say as well, if you have a friend that has equipment and you don't have equipment, do the Femi fit together and you guys can keep each other accountable as well, which would be cool. Have someone to motivate you. I love that. Cool. All right. The next question we're going to ask is more around hormones. So Bex, do you want to answer this question? If I don't have a natural menstrual cycle or if I have hormonal imbalances that are preventing me from having a regular cycle, can I still do the plan? Absolutely. Um, so the way that the plan is structured is it's periodized. So that obviously it's a little bit harder for a couple of weeks and then we back off the intensity. So even if you don't have a natural cycle, it's still really important to go through those same phases of training. You can't be pushing yourself all the time because um, you'll just absolutely burn out. And I'm probably sure you've found that if you try and go, you know, 110% all the time, you end up crashing and burning. So following this kind of structure of having a couple of hard weeks and a couple of easier weeks is going to be really good, um, whether you have, uh, whether that is following your cycle or not. Um, it is a really good way to periodize and get the most out of your training to make sure you are actually recovering and adapting from all of those sessions. And so, um, if you don't if you don't have an actual menstrual cycle or if your cycle is irregular, would you suggest they just jump from of the program and follow it all the way through? Um, yeah, so in the program, there are a couple of notes about if you have a shorter cycle or a slightly longer cycle, it goes into a little bit more detail about which part of your cycle is slightly longer or slightly shorter. I think Esther's really good at explaining that um, and which days that you can repeat to make sure that you are staying in that same in that right phase of your menstrual cycle if it is longer um, or if it is shorter. Uh, so the next question is, what is the best way to adapt the program if I don't have a cycle um, in brackets taking the mini pill? Esther, do you want to jump in and answer that one? Yeah, for sure. So I'll start with the mini pill. So if you're on the mini pill, your hormones will be flatlined. So like Bex was saying before, um, you want that period periodization, I can't say that word, uh, in your training anyway. So you want a little bit of harder work and then potentially like a back off week or two. So on the mini pill, you sort of don't have that hormonal fluctuation that you would with a natural cycle. But again, the program pretty much suits any woman, um, whether she has 
a, a menstrual cycle, no menstrual cycle, an irregular cycle, or if she's on the pill or contraception that has hormones involved. Um, so yeah, you can definitely be involved if you're on the pill. If you have an irregular cycle, again, same thing. But I think if your cycle comes, you know, 40 days and then the next month it's 30 days and then it's 20, I think as a woman, we have to just tune into our bodies as much as possible. So I think if you're feeling really rubbish one week and you're getting the signs that potentially you're getting your period, just adapt it to being one of the easier weeks. And then when you get your period, you hit back into that harder work again. So the program's totally adaptable depending on if you have a regular cycle or not. And then if you have a longer or a shorter cycle, so if you have a, I'll just explain it from the luteal phase side. So the luteal phase is generally set. So it takes about 14 days from the day you ovulate to build up the endometrial lining and then for it to shed away and you get your period. So that's the 14 days. So that should be relatively set. If you have an irregular one, then it's probably not set. Um, it's probably longer or shorter. But if you have a, uh, say you have a 35 day cycle, you know that the luteal phase is still 14 days. And then the other, other part of your cycle is your follicular phase. So you can extend that hard, hard work to that sort of three weeks. And then you've got the two weeks where you know you're in your luteal phase. Um, so I think that's the main thing to uh, note that if you have a shorter or longer cycle, your luteal phase should still be two weeks. And then whatever the rest of the cycle is, is your follicular phase. So from when you get your period to when you ovulate, uh, hopefully that makes sense. Yes. Very detailed. I think that's really good. That was um, great. <laughs> yeah, awesome. The next question is, um, Bex, I'm going to throw this to you, but if Est or Lily, if you want to jump in and answer this question as well, it would be great to hear your thoughts. So we talk about high-intensity training a lot at FEMI and the pros and cons of high-intensity training. So this question is, I guess, off the back of that. Does the program include high-intensity training as I thought this was bad for my hormones? Bex, do you want to start off? Um, sure thing. So with this one, like high intensity training does rate and causes stress on your body. Um, having absolutely no stress for all the time is not great either because you're not going to get stronger um, and your body's never going to grow and adapt. However, we don't, we also don't want to be doing really high intensity work all the time because then you're never able to recover from it. So from a strength training session, it actually takes up to about 48 hours or at least 48 hours to properly recover your muscles to recover. So if you're constantly backing up doing box jumps and high intensity stuff every single day, you are going to burn out. However, with the program, because we've structured it and we've periodized it, that you're only doing short bursts at specific times of the program, um, your body actually has plenty of time to adapt and recover from those sessions, provided you're also getting enough sleep and getting enough food um, and resting outside of the program. Um, so that way we are actually getting all the good positive benefits out of putting stress like high intensity training onto your body, but you're also allowing time to recover and bounce back from that so that you're ready to go, you know, the following cycle. Love that. Do you guys want to add anything to it? I think I'll just add that the way that it's structured around your cycle uh, accounts for like, if you need more recovery. So like Bex was saying before, like the follicular phase, you, you can recover faster and your body uh, can build lean muscle mass and hold it more easily than the luteal phase. So the luteal phase, you do need to factor in a little bit more recovery. And that's what Bex has done with the program anyway. So it accounts for when you need recovery more based on your hormone level. And like when it plummets away and you can feel a bit rubbish, you know, we've got extra recovery days in there. So I think you should be covered if you, if you need that uh, rest with your high intensity. 
Um, so pretty much we're saying, yes, there is some high-intensity work in the program. You are going to be doing some box jumps. There are burpees in there, plenty of different variations to keep things interesting and exciting. Um, but yeah, we're pretty sure you'll enjoy the sessions and it's not going to be too much to overload your body and burn you out. We want to make sure that you're getting good progress, good gains, um, and then recovering from it as well. So the next question I'm going to throw over to you, Lily. You can jump in and answer this one and then we can throw it around if the other girls want to answer too. But um, the question is, my main focus is running. Should I be doing the Femi Fit as a running coach? What is your advice to someone whose, I guess, their priority is their running? Yes, great question. Um, I think it's so important, especially as females, to incorporate strength into our run training. Um, it will help to improve your speed and your muscular endurance and um, even your posture when you're running. So I think incorporating this FemiFit strength program will really, you'll start to see some differences with how you're feeling on runs and injury prevention. Um, and I also think body awareness. So I think it's going to be so beneficial for the girls who are runners to have this as a um, opportunity to get better in different ways so I think it's definitely important for runners and then for non-runners who enjoy the strength work it's a great option as well. With the the conditioning sessions if you're doing running uh, if you've got a running coach and you've got one or two hard workouts already in the week you can actually just get rid of the conditioning parts of the workout as well so you can focus more on the strength training um, if you are doing hard workouts already with running because I think we talked about before how important it is to recover from high intensity and if you're doing all your running high intensity and then you're going and adding all the conditioning aspects as well that potentially would be too much hit uh, for someone if they're not getting enough rest so I think yeah just maybe talking to your coach and saying you know I'm doing the Femi Fit but these are quite a few like burpees and box jumps I don't know burpees are so tough but <laughs> they're awesome um they are good for you uh then maybe <laughs> learn to love them exactly and yeah maybe talk to your coach and just be like well maybe we shouldn't do this part of the workout and we'll just do this part um but I think also another thing to mention is that some some of our athletes do have specific running strength training and that is a little bit more specific to running. The Femi Fit is more an overall strength training program that someone who loves strength work could do, but you will benefit in your running. But the training programs that we give each athlete is much more specified to them and, and running specifically. Awesome. Hopefully that answer this question. Um, all right. The last question we have, which we can go around and answer if we'd like, um, what should we expect from the plan? So I guess what are the results or goals that we are chasing next? Do you want to kick that off? Um, yeah, so kind of just following on from what Esther was saying, like it isn't run specific. Um, pretty much most of the focus around the strength training, especially for females, is wanting to improve posture and to improve our strength and conditioning through our lower body. Um, that's kind of just the general where everyone wants to feel stronger. Um, and so that's pretty much what it's focused on. It's focused on improving your posture. You're also going to develop your push-ups. So if you've been wanting to be able to do push-ups, we've got a really good video coming um, about different progressions on how to progress to be able to do push-ups on your toes. Um, if you want to get stronger with your pull-ups, they're also in there and some other accessory movements that are going to help you get help those exercises to become stronger. Um, and then obviously there's a big focus on the squat, the deadlift and the hip thrust. And again, there's different variations in there so that if you've never squatted under a barbell before, you'll be able to start with the goblet squat and slowly, eventually, hopefully over the two phases, you'll be able to slowly build up and have a go using a barbell. 
Um, and you've got these exercise videos there as well that Esther and I have gone through. So you'll actually have videos of us doing the exercise and notes of what the exercise is. So hopefully you're going to learn a lot throughout the phase about strength training. Um, and then just really general, you'll feel stronger, you'll feel fitter, and you're going to feel a lot more confident and more empowered in training in the gym um, and around your menstrual cycle as well. Yes, I love that. Yes, do you want to answer what, like, what do you think we, people should expect from the plant? Is there anything you want to add? Uh, I feel like Bex just nailed that, you know. I can't follow yeah. up with anything that was so good. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lily? I feel like um, introducing people to Pilates is really exciting, especially for people who have never done it before. What do you think people are going to um, be able to get or gain from doing Pilates sessions as part of the Femi Fit? Yeah, I'm really excited to bring Pilates to everyone, especially to those who haven't done it before. So the first class, there you'll learn some of the principles of Pilates so breath and the Pilates breath and then yeah just focusing on alignment and control throughout our movements and then also bringing a mind-body connection so that's a really important part of Pilates and yeah so there's an emphasis on our breath throughout our practice and that will also help with strength poses too and um, I think also learning to slow down and um, really control um, our movements, which will help with the strength training as well. Yeah, amazing. And at Femi, we're all about, you know, inspiring and educating people, women to feel empowered in their own bodies. So I think the Femi Fit is such a great way for women to start learning more about their bodies, how their bodies are functioning, feeling confident in their bodies as well as at the same time, you know, physically building strength and fitness in our bodies as well. So we're so excited to bring the Femi Fit to everybody. If you are interested and you haven't yet registered for the Femi Fit, jump on to our Instagram. There's a link in our bio for you to register. And then Bex will be in touch with you a few days out from the kickoff on the 8th of Feb to send you through the entire program. All the videos will be hosted on our YouTube and you can get in touch with us on Instagram at femi.co if you have any questions about the program. But thank you so much for joining us today, girls. We're so excited to get this out to the world and to inspire more women to move their bodies in a way that really works with their bodies and with themselves. So thank you for all your work. And uh, yeah, we're excited to get it out there. Thanks for having thank us. You. Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of the Femi Pod. If you do want to take part in the Femi Fit kicking off on the 8th of February, we have put the link in our show notes. So jump into that link, you can register, and our trainer Vex will be in touch with you a few days out from kickoff. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you all next week.